Tonight, Quebec just voted for 20% less immigration. Now Ontario wants a stop to illegal migrants. Will Justin Trudeau listen? It's October 3rd, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. You come here once a year with a sign, and you feel morally superior. The only thing I have to say to the government for why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. We showed you yesterday how the Coalition Avonir Quebec, a party that was only formed seven years ago, crushed the incumbent Liberal Party of Quebec, pushing the Liberals down to their lowest result in that province ever. And we showed you how Francois Legault, the CAC's party leader, wasn't shy about calling for a modest reduction in immigration. I call it modest because it's down from about 50,000 to 40,000 souls a year. It's almost comical to say it's a cut. It's still an absurdly large number. To even call it a cut is a laugh. And by the way, how do you even do that when Justin Trudeau controls the border? He's with the federal government. That's just 50,000 down to 40,000 in official immigrants. But when someone walks across the border from New York State into Quebec, as you can see here, and the RCMP are nice enough to carry their bags for them and give them some snacks, and after they fill out a few forms and you know, they're coached on exactly what to say. I'm a refugee, I swear I'm fleeing the dangerous land called New York. And they give a pinky swear that for sure they'll of course show up for their refugee hearing three years from now. They're just allowed to go into Canada, not to turn back. No one tracks them. They're not held at a detention facility. They don't have an anklet put on them. They're not tracked in any way. They can travel anywhere in Canada legally. Legally. It's, it's lawful for them to go anywhere once they walk in. Until they're hearing years from now. And even if they lose that hearing, even if they actually show up, they can still appeal it. These tens of thousands of fakers faking that they're refugees from New York, that horrible land of death and destruction, these fakers, they're pretty much here for good. Quebec does not have its own border police. They don't have drawbridges or gates at their borders. It's called Roxham Road, that place you saw there. It's just a little road. And the federal RCMP have actually set up that welcome center. You saw it, they have free stuff. Quebec has no cops there. And other migrants, if they're in Toronto already, say they could just get in the car and drive to Quebec if they want to get on a bus. We don't have checkpoints between provinces in Canada. You can travel from province to province freely. You don't need ID. Not that most migrants would go from Ontario to Quebec. It's actually the other way. I mean, if you're a French-speaking migrant, you might want to go to Quebec, let's say if you're from Haiti or some of those North African countries where they speak French some French former colony. But pretty much everyone wants to go to Toronto and they are going there and that's the news of the day. But before I tackle that, I want to point out the, the joke uh, about how radical the CAC party and Francois Legault are. They think 40,000 migrants a year is just peachy, down from Trudeau's 50,000 or so, both are ridiculously large. But even if they said something real like, we're only taking 10,000 or we're putting a full moratorium on till we process Trudeau's Q-jumpers who are already in the line. Even that would be a joke because, of course, you and what army would stop them? How could you possibly enforce that? There is no Quebec Border Patrol. They don't have the power to arrest and deport. They don't have roadblocks or fences of their own. They rely on Trudeau, and he's a clown, so even the big bad CAC is full of it. The best they can do 
is to say what Legault said. He wants to ban the burqa, oh, but only in government. You can still wear it on a bus or in a bank or a jewelry store or whatnot. Some ban that is. And he wants to say uh, you have to learn some French in three years and look for a job within three years. Wow, what a taskmaster. Someone's got to learn French in three years. That's it, eh? That's a big radical. Ooh, he's scary. He wants me to look, start looking for a job in three years. Well, it's been two years and 300 days. I'll get off the couch now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, radical's a bit of a joke, but I give him full points anyways, because at least he is talking about these things, and no other politicians in the rest of the country, federally or in any other province, have that courage. But back to today's news, okay? Ontario struggling to pay for irregular migrants, quote, minister. Well, now hang on. Did that minister there, Lisa McLeod, Doug Ford's cabinet minister, did she really call them irregular migrants? I read that story very carefully, and the phrase irregular migrants is not in quotation marks. It's not attributed to her. Did she really say those, those words? Because sure, these people walking across the border, they are irregular, just in the same way as someone who, I don't know, shoplifts a candy bar from a convenience store is an irregular customer, irregular snacker. Yeah, it is irregular to steal something and not pay for it. You bet it is, but we don't say irregular because that actually hides the truth. It obfuscates and obscures. We like to be clear. The salient characteristic of shoplifting is that it's illegal, that it's a crime. So how about these migrants? They are absolutely breaking the law. The sign at Roxham Road says they are. It says stop. It says you're breaking the law. The police say you're breaking the law. Do you see the stop? It is illegal to cross the border here or any place other than a port of entry. You see the word illegal right under the word stop. It says it is illegal. The sign says it's illegal. The police say they're illegal. We all know it's illegal. And if they press on, the press, the police, the, they have orders from Justin Trudeau just to let them in and let them stay, let them do all their illegal things. There's no rule of law anymore. So yeah, they are illegal. The sign says so. And Trudeau is abiding this illeg illegality, but it doesn't mean the rest of us have to abide it too by hiding the truth with a lie. We don't have to use fake language, a euphemism. We don't have to do that. Someone who breaks into your house is not an irregular guest. They are a trespasser, a home invader. They are not irregular. A bank robber is not making an irregular withdrawal from a bank. That's just mangling the English language to obscure, not reveal the truth, which is the main purpose of the media these days when it comes to any controversy, don't you think? Here's the whole article, here's the whole article written earlier by the Canadian press, on and on and on, published by the Huffington Post, putting the word illegal in scare quotes as if this Ontario cabinet minister is the weird one for using the word illegal. Anyways, put aside that terminological inexactitude. That's an irregular way of saying a lie. Let me read a bit of the actual story to you, okay? I'm going to quote from the story today. The Ontario government says costs to social services are escalating as irregular migrants continue flocking to the province's biggest cities. Quote, let me be very clear, there is a failed border policy in Quebec that's having an impact in Ontario, unquote, said Lisa McLeod, Minister of Children, Community and Social Services. Right now we are $200 million in counting. We are asking the federal government to come to the table. Well, we've known this for years, since Trudeau brought over 50,000 Syrians without language skills, without job skills, most of them without a high school diploma, no cultural skills, no plan. He just brought them over. Immediately, they all went to food banks. Now, you don't really have food banks in Syria. It's not a Syrian thing. So I'm not sure if they were really starving or if they just thought, who are these suckers giving us food for free? Why should we go to a supermarket and pay when we can go to this free supermarket? Call the food bank for free. I'm sure if we had shoe banks and jacket banks, 
they would take free shoes and jackets instead of paying for them too. That's how you roll in a low trust society like Syria. Here in a high trust society with lots of social services in like Canada, you don't go to the homeless shelter or the food bank unless you really need to. That's not, that's a different culture over there. You're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. The entire world though knows that we are suckers now. So we're actually a magnet for the worst people in the world. Since you know you have to break the law to come here, you have to game the system, you have to see that sign that says stop and go. So we are attracting, by definition, lawbreakers. Now Sheila documented some of this insanity recently with an access to information story about Trudeau paying up to $50,000 cash to each migrant family. 50 grand a year in cash. That's on top of all the regular free stuff, schools, hospitals, etc. 50 grand. Cash. Here's Sheila's big scoop. The government instructed officials to do everything they could to avoid saying the 50K number because they knew it was so outrageous, so appallingly high, they wanted to cover their tracks. That's just the federal costs. But Lisa McLeod is talking about the provincial costs. Let me quote from the story I showed you a moment earlier. Earlier this summer, McLeod testified before the Standing Committee on Citizenship and Immigration that $74 million is needed to fund the cost of maintaining Toronto's shelter system alone. Another $12 million is needed for the increased demand on homeless shelters in Ottawa, plus $3 million for support services lent to the province by the Canadian Red Cross, and $20 million for legal bills and children's education. Well, I didn't know we were paying lawyers. Of course we are. The federal government announced this summer it would give $11 million to Toronto to alleviate the pressure on the city's temporary housing. Part of the money would be used to rent hotel rooms for about 450 irregular migrants who had been staying in college dorms after city shelters started turning them away. Initially, the government said the migrants would only stay in hotels until September 30th. I love that irregular migrants. Do, do they really think that's going to catch on with severely normal Canadians? Do they really think that ordinary people are going to start talking that way or, or would engage in that kind of self-deception? Why would you deceive yourself? 450 illegals put up in a hotel. That's nuts. It's unaffordable. It's unsustainable. But more to the point, you don't just jam entire families into hotels and, and turn them into refugee camps. That's squalid. It's not fair to the kids. But that's exactly what's happened to these hotels. The little refugee camps. These are TripAdvisor reviews. These are actual reviews by actual customers going to those hotels and look at it, less than a third word hotel, Radisson Stay, um, worst hotel ever stayed at, uh, book elsewhere. These are real reviews because they're little refugee camps now. They're utterly unhygienic. Kids left to fend for themselves. They are dangerous for non-refugee guests who make the mistake of booking a vacation there. That's what one of them said. TripAdvisor has now banned any reviews of these refugee camp hotels. They're, they're lying to you. They're covering up. They're not really good advisors anymore, are they? If they're censoring the truth, they're not giving you good advice. Hey, why not just call them irregular guests who have irregular habits in an irregular refugee camp? It's all such BS. But look, it's getting worse now. The RCMP apprehended 1,747 irregular migrants between official border crossings in August, a jump from 1,634 in July. Now, you knew that already. This is the second consecutive month of increases after a downward trend that began in May. So if we're bringing in 1,747 new illegal migrants every month. Well, how many hotels is that? At what price? We know Trudeau's in for 50 grand a family, but that's just cash to the family. Oh, and then there's the lawsuits against us by these migrants. Check this out. Did you see this? Asylum seekers file human rights complaint over lack of access to Quebec subsidized daycare. So to be clear, taxpayers in Quebec uh, pay for daycare through their taxes. And there's shortages, as you would expect, from any government 
service. It's a bad idea anyways to have government daycare, but illegal immigrants who just walked in, they are now suing to get to the front of the line, suing to queue jump over Quebec citizens, but of course they are. And do you doubt they will win in court? So what on earth is the solution here? Well, Francois Legault's symbolic gestures, I'm sorry they're not enough. Are we going to take the entire world in? Just everyone and anyone? Well, here's the solution. I think it's closest thing I can see to a solution. It's from Syria itself, actually. Look at this. Syria tells Lebanon it wants refugees to return. Let me read the story. Syria has told Lebanon it wants refugees to return to help rebuild the country. It's envoy to Lebanon said on Monday. That's a good point. The war is over now. ISIS is vaporized. They control maybe a few percent of Syria, not the vast tracts they did when Obama was president. Trump and Putin smashed ISIS, so it's safe to go home now. And Syria needs its people to go home, to rebuild, to populate the country, to live there again. And good news, 90% of Trudeau's Syrians in Canada don't have any particular attachment here yet, as in they never did get a job. Most still don't speak passable English, so they, they never even try to put down roots here. Good, okay, good. So they can go back now if they can pull themselves off the 50 grand a year teat that Trudeau has offered them. Here's another story on the same point. Here are some excerpts from it. The story's called Russian and Syrian authorities set up center for refugees returning to Syria. Russia's defense ministry said on Wednesday that Russian and Syrian authorities had set up a refugee center in Syria to help refugees return home from abroad. Russia's defense ministry said in a separate statement that 336,500 places around the country have been prepared to receive returning refugees. That's a lot. It's a lot of houses and apartments. It's a lot of towns and villages. Syria for the Syrians, I say. And you know, we could buy them tickets. We could send them home first class. It would be cheaper than keeping them here, give them 50 grand as a loot bag. Just here, take $50,000 as a goodbye gift. It would be cheaper than what they're doing here. And it's home. Now, some are going home. Let me read more from this Reuters story. On Wednesday, 335 civilians had returned from abroad, the ministry said. Of them, 293 crossed from Lebanon and 42 from Jordan. Yeah, well, what about from Canada? You know, if you want to help migrants, help them. Send them home. Help rebuild their home if you want. Putting them in squalid Toronto hotels at 150 bucks a night, giving them 50 grand cash, that, that's not actually helping them. It's being politically correct and building up liberal vote banks, but it's not helping them. And it's not helping our Canadian homeless or Canadians in line for hospitals and daycares. It's not helping them. But let me end as I began. Despite Legault's election in Quebec, I fear nothing will change. And as Giddy Mammon, the immigration lawyer, told us last week, this is a problem that not just this, next, this government, but the next federal government, and probably the one after that, will inherit too. And don't count on scaredy cats. Michelle Rampler, Andrew Scheer, the Conservative Party, to touch this issue with its input poll. Stay with us. More ahead on the rebel. Welcome back. Well, one of the reasons why parents are so sensitive to secretive changes to school curricula is because we all sort of detect that the school teachers unions often have some sort of collateral agenda. 
And if the teachers unions themselves don't, well, politicians like to take liberties because they have our children for hours a day. And the fears in Alberta are always proved to be true by no one less than Rachel Notley. Here's a picture of Rachel Notley at a grade school in Alberta with children of tender years. And she's not reading some fun story. She is reading an NDP propaganda book that Tommy Douglas himself would read more than 50 years ago called Mouseland. That is not a normal book. It is a little screed like Mao's little red book that tells the story from a socialist point of view. I know for a fact that Rachel Notley did not have parental permission for this. No parents were warned or allowed to opt out. And the teachers were only too happy to serve up these young minds to Rachel Notley for propaganda. And if that's what the leader, the premier from the top does, well, imagine what the education minister, David Egan, does. We're going to talk about Alberta today, but don't think this isn't happening in other jurisdictions. And bringing us the shocking news is our friend John Carpe, who is the president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, a public interest law firm that fights for civil liberties. John, great to see you again. Good to see you, Ezra. John, I took a minute to talk about Mouseland um, because Rachel Notley is bragging about that. She's boasting in the fact that she's reading little propaganda screeds to, to kids. But it's not just what they are positively subjecting these kids to. You have a shocking uh, report based on internal memos that you have received of what Rachel Notley and her education minister, Dave Egan, are banning in schools. So in with the Mouseland propaganda, tell us what they're banning from schools. Well, the Justice Center sent out a news release on uh, on Thursday last week and uh, with a link to documents that the Alberta government has sent to religious schools across Alberta demanding that they remove references from their anti-bullying policies to uh, the Bible being the word of God, uh, references to uh, truth. They don't like truth. Truth is offensive to diversity, the government says, uh, demanding that, uh, for example, uh, standard Christian teachings on marriage, which would be you know the same as a Jewish and Islamic, saying marriage is, uh, is a union between a man and a woman, and that's a place where uh, children are to be raised in that context, and that's the only place where uh, sexual activity is allowed. Those types of you know normal uh, statements that you would expect from any religious school, the government has said, get remove them out of your school policies because they are opposed to our goal of creating a get this safe, welcoming, caring, and respectful learning environment. So let me be clear here. I mean, and I have in front of me uh, your list of about 20 examples, because what you've just said sounds crazy, but I'm going to ask you to take us through some of these. I just want to clarify for our viewers. So this goes to Christian schools. This goes to the Catholic schools. This goes to, this, this goes to schools that under even our Constitution, I was just looking at our Constitution yesterday, it's specifically the word Catholic appears in our constitution two or three times, separate schools two or three times. Uh, it, it's a constitutional right to have religious education in Canada. You're saying that this is being sent even to those Catholic and Christian schools? 
This is being sent to our knowledge. Uh, it's being sent to independent Christian schools or private Christian schools. Uh, to my knowledge, it has not been sent to Catholic schools. But, you know, bullies like to pick on the little guy and the Catholic uh, schools in Alberta have more constitutional protection than do uh, Jewish, Muslim and evangelical Christian schools. So the government's really targeting these smaller independent schools and is actually threatening to uh, defund or deaccredit, basically shut down the school if they do not change their policies and remove uh, these references to the truth and Bible and word of God and marriage and, and so on. Uh, the government's actually threatening to close down these smaller schools. Unbelievable. Which is, I want to get to these examples because they're so, so shocking. But I just have one, and I appreciate the clarification there, that as far as you know, they haven't yet targeted Catholic schools. How many of these independent or smaller uh, Protestant, I'm guessing many of them are Protestant schools, or uh, I, I don't know all the different denominations. How many schools would be involved here, do you think? Well, we're aware of 30, 30? schools that have received uh, rainbow colors in the document, uh, you know, on our website. Yellow means it's a reference to truth that you have to delete because that's an offense against diversity. And you've got, you know, pink and green, and they've got different colors for different kinds of uh, uh, offenses, so to speak, different, different reasons. And uh, so we're aware of 30 schools having received these uh, uh, color-coded rainbow demands from the government, insisting that they remove religious content from their own school policies. You know, um no one has to go to a Christian school. They can go to a public school. They can go to a, a Catholic school, which is a little bit different uh, based on my understanding. They can go to a Muslim school. There's plenty of Muslim schools in Alberta. Um, those who go to a Christian school, I imagine, want it for some reason. I'm looking at your list of examples. So this is going to be banned. This is from a, a government document. Um, all school groups, clubs, and activities must teach demonstrate and embrace the biblical perspective that is the foundation for all school activities. So that statement from a Christian school, yes. basically that they're Christian, that bans, it allegedly violates the school act. Let me give you one more example of something that's banned. This is based on the internal government documents uh, that you have found. Names of student groups will be in harmony with the teaching of, of scripture and the value and faith, values and faith perspective of the school community. That also allegedly violates the school act um you know basically anything that says yeah we're a christian school and you have to sort of be that way they're they're taking the saltiness out of the salt to quote the new testament aren't they this is just uh you know and what what blows my mind is that the uh you know neither the cbc nor the you know calgary herald calgary sun uh, Edmonton Journal, Edmonton Sun, none of these newspapers have covered a story that has been out uh, now for uh, for six six days that it's been out. Uh, there was an exception this morning today. Uh, Leisha Corbella wrote a column in the Calgary Herald on this subject. As a columnist, we still don't have news coverage to date. Yeah. And 
this this shocks me that it's you know you've got in what's supposed to be a free and democratic society supposedly a place where you have the freedom to uh educate your children as you deem best where christian schools have the right to exist and actually be christian and the education minister threatens to shut down schools if they don't do his bidding and remove religious content and the mainstream media are treating this uh, like it's a minor car accident during morning rush hour. It's not gotten coverage in six days that it's been out. Now, that might change uh, because, you know, if the rebel is is, is covering this and, and there are some other uh, non-mainstream uh, uh, media outlets that are giving this some coverage. So we might still get uh, uh, media coverage, but, but in the first six days that this has been out, uh, I think they're trying to kill the story through silence as if this is normal. And it's not normal in a democracy when the education minister threatens to shut down schools uh, if they don't remove religious content from their own school policies. Yeah. Well, that, you know, why is that not front front page? Why well, is that I not think it would be front news? page, John. Uh, you mentioned this is 30 Christian schools. I th- I'm pretty sure it would be front page if, and I'm just going to throw you a hypothetical scenario. Let's say Doug Ford the new Conservative Premier of Ontario, all the media hate him. He's right wing. So let's say Doug Ford brought in these same policies. You can't talk about the Bible. You can't talk about religion. You can't have any values. But instead of targeting 30 Christian schools, if he targeted 30 Muslim schools and said you can't have any Sharia law, you can't have any Muslim ideas, I put it to you, John, that if a Conservative Premier said, hey, you Muslim schools, take the Muslim part out of the Muslim schools or we're going to shut you down. I think that would get a little bit of uh, attention in the press. That's just a hunch I have, John. Yeah, well, it'd probably be front front, front page. But this is just, uh, you know, if this doesn't wake people up to how rapidly our freedoms are declining, I cannot picture this having happened uh, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, I don't think you would have seen an education minister sending threatening letters to schools. These are not, these are not internal. Well, they're, they're kind of in, I wouldn't say they're internal government documents. These are letters from uh, Alberta education to the schools and the schools have given us those letters and we have uh, posted those letters to, uh, to our website. But, you know, even five years ago, I don't think you would have seen an education minister this aggressively uh, demand threatening religious schools and telling them to take the religious content out of their anti-bullying policies. Uh, this wouldn't have happened. Uh, so th- this is this is really a serious affront to our fundamental rights and freedoms. Yeah, and and my point of viewers who are saying, well, yeah, I don't want that Christian stuff taught in my school. This isn't in your school. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't want a Christian school, don't go to Christian school. If you want to go to public school, go to public school. You want to go to a Jewish school, go to a Jewish school. I went to a Jewish school in Calgary myself. And the idea that a Jewish school would have been told you can't teach the Jewish part at your Jewish school, well, then what's the point? The whole idea was that these, this was a small Jewish school in Calgary 40 years ago where parents said we want to have a Jewish education in Calgary. They obviously taught the other stuff, too. It was a pretty good school, if I recall. Um, so this isn't stuff that's being foisted on students who don't want it. This is stuff that parents want for their own family, for their own point of view in the world, and that's being banned, and you're saying at least 30 schools here. Uh, I got a question for you. Where is the leader of the official opposition in Alberta, Jason Kenney, a man I used to know fairly well, 
who uh, I think we could call him a devout Christian. He's Catholic. I remember, you know, he, he's the kind of guy who attends Latin Mass, very, very by the book kind of guy. Um, he wants to be premier. This attacks freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association. Uh, what has Jason Kenney said about this? Well, so far, uh, we've heard nothing from Jason Kenney or from the United Conservative Party, and I certainly hope that will change because you need to speak up for what's right. Uh, you know, obviously, you can win an election uh, on economic issues that seem pocketbook issues seem to carry the day. You know, most elections, most places, most provinces, most countries. Um, but I, I, I think it would be sad if the if the United Conservative Party were to adopt this strategy of uh, we're, we're just going to coast to an easy victory uh, on the basis of economic issues uh, when, when you've got something that is that is this very blatant attack by the education minister uh, on uh, fundamental parental rights and and, uh, and and religious freedom and freedom of association. Mm-hmm. Well, Look, I, I, it's not just Jason Kenney. There's so many people in that United Conservative Party caucus, whether or not they're Christian, who would find this odious in terms of meddling, using kids as political pawns, breach of con- even just the practicalities of it. I mean, the school year the school year's already started, and they're demanding these schools immediately change this or they're going to be defunded. Even if the policy was moral and legal, which I don't think it is, the 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 smash, uh, smash and destroy approach here ought to evoke a criticism. Has there been a single question in question period? Has there been a single, do you, do you know, is there any backbencher in the United Conservative Party? What worries me about Jason Kenney and the United Conservatives is that he's so afraid of the mainstream media, of the CBC, of the Toronto Star, that that's why he's not weighing in. I know that Jason Kenney would find this appalling if he spoke to you in private, but I'm worried he's terrified about speaking out in public because they'll demonize him as a right-wing crazy. You know, and I, I don't, I, I think anybody, uh, you know, whether you're the atheist or even just a progressive person who's authentically tolerant, uh, this is just common sense. This is a no-brainer that if you believe in diversity in education and if you believe in uh, the right of parents to choose the kind of education that they want for their children, which is included in the uh, 1948 Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Right, Parents have a prior right to choose the kind of education that shall be given to their children. 1948, that was in response to the atrocities in World War II, where the governments in uh, well, in Nazi Germany, but other, other countries as well, said, you know, the kids belong to the government and the state has the right to indoctrinate the children into the state ideology. And that whole thinking was repudiated with, by the Universal Declaration of Human Rights when it says parents have a prior right to choose the kind of education that shall be given to their children. Just one small point. Uh, I don't think the legislature in Alberta is in session currently. Ah, right. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, there wouldn't be questions there. But, you know, this would be a good issue. It'd be, it'd be good to see uh, when the legislature goes into session, which it will at some point this fall. Uh, it would be good to hold uh, the education minister to account over these uh, bullying tactics on uh on, on small and vulnerable independent schools. You know, it, it's really Orwellian. I mean, the idea of reading Mouseland to children who are trapped there, who are captive, 
uh, is so gross, and I think it sends a signal to the entire education establishment that it's fair game to politicize schools. What, what's so crazy and Orwellian is the language, and again, I'm quoting from your website, that um, the fact that Christian schools are Christian is considered a breach of diversity. So every kind of diversity is allowed except for Christian schools, and they're banning Christian ideas because they say, and I'm, I'm reading from the documents on your website here, that these Christian ideas are, quote, unwelcoming, uncaring, and or disrespectful. So um, it, it's, it's, it's like punching someone and crying out in pain as you punch them. You're being disrespectful, so I'm disrespecting you. You're being undiverse, so you're being, ba it's, it's so upside down. Uh, I, but I share with you your sense of, uh, of, of disappointment in the mainstream media that from, I mean, I take your word for it, that no newspapers, no radio stations, no TV stations have weighed in on this. And I bet you the first one to weigh in, John, will be the CBC, and I bet they'll weigh in in support of Dave Egan. Uh, let me ask you a, a question in closing, because one of my favorite things about the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom is you don't just talk about things. You get in there and you do things. Uh, are you at liberty to tell our viewers if at this stage you are going to act as a lawyer for any of these schools to push back against this violation of their free speech, religion, and association? Well, you can be sure if the minister uh, takes action in terms of defunding or deaccrediting any of these uh, 30 schools, we will be in court uh, within 24, 48 hours uh, asking for um, an injunction to reverse the minister's decision because this is a gross abuse of authority and it's a gross violation of charter freedoms and there's just no justification uh, behind it, that's that's going to be credible. So I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that the uh, education minister will not uh, do the wrong thing, which would be to defund and deaccredit these schools. Uh, but we're going to be in court uh, if if he tries that. Well, yeah. John, let me predict right now that you will be in court because without an ounce of pushback from the media or from the allegedly conservative United Conservative parties. What would possibly stop Rachel Notley and David Egan from living out their will? Well, it's, uh, it's good to have you back on the show, John, even though it's bad news. I encourage our viewers, as they have in the past, to support you. Um, go to jccf.ca. You can read the document that I've been referring here to today, and you can donate directly to John. John, thanks for being here, and please keep us posted on this matter. If any of those schools actually start to feel the pain from David Egg, and if any of them get a threat to shut them down, please come back, and we can talk about uh, joining the battle in some way. Absolutely. All right, there you have it, John Carpe with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. Stay with us more ahead on the road. Hey, welcome back on my monologue yesterday about the CAC's majority election victory in Quebec. Carol writes, is the populist appeal of the CAC or simply nausea caused by the Liberals? It's difficult to say since the news is so fake. Well, that's the thing. I find it really hard to pierce through the baloney for language reasons and whatever English pundits there are hate Quebec and are uninformed like Paul Wells. What are you going to do? 
I, I think that that video of Trudeau lecturing an old school Quebecer and saying you have no place here, I gotta think that resonated. I just gotta think it did, but what do I know? John writes, thank you Trudeau for all the conservative wins this year. Perhaps four more years of Trudeau may make every province conservative. Go Trudeau. Well, you know, I heard similar things said in America under Barack Obama, um, who started with both houses of the U.S. Congress, the Senate and the House of Representatives. He had everything, he had all the power. But by the time he was done, not only was Trump elected, but the majority of the states were in Republican hands and so many local officials were Republican. Yeah, it's great, the reaction to the problem, but Obama did so much damage to America, I don't think it was worth it. I am worried that Justin Trudeau is doing enormous damage to Canada, the case of these migrants is a case in point. 30, 40, 50,000 people, you can't just, you can't just undo that. Uh, I'm talking about those who walk across the border from New York. Justin writes, whatever the polls say about the conservative vote anywhere in the world, add 10 points to that. Witness Brexit, Trump, Italy, and many more. That's just what happens when the left terrorizes the average Joe into hiding what he really thinks. Yeah, a lot of wisdom there. I don't know if I'd go the full 10 points, but you are so right, I, is that, the scolding culture, the shame culture, the I will get you fired from your job culture is so strong in the radical left and it has now seeped into the mainstream left and into the media left that, yeah, why would you tell a stranger on the phone who says, I'm with a pollster, why would you tell them your true feelings about immigration, burqas, things like that? Why would you, why would you risk it? Just because some stranger phones you, you'll say what it, you'll either hang up or say what it takes to get off the call, and then you'll go vote in secret. At least for now, we still have that right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for watching. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm.